Are you a stand-up comedian? Do you want to be in 25 shows in five days at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco? Well, now's your opportunity. Apply now for the Spark Presents third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, March 1st through 5th. That's 25 shows in five days featuring 40 comics from out of town, and one of those comedians could be you. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, and click on the submission form. Apply for the Spark Presents third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's only $10, and you can apply right now through November 30th for 25 shows during five days all streaming live all podcast posts all Mutiny Radio all the time the third annual Spark Presents Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018 apply now Time for Pentastus Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I have a present in my hand. It also says Aveda. Uh, my best friend's a dermatologist, so it can only be good. You guys, it's all just me looking younger. I can't wait. Like, which new creams do I get to put on my body so I feel like I'm not 43? Uh, this is another bag that's up here. It's so funny because this artisanal bag of Aveda, isn't that so pretty? But now look what McDonald's is doing. Their bag, the McDonald's bag is almost as artisanal as Aveda. This is so confusing to me. It's like whole, it says whole because I think they want you to think wholesome. I think they're trying to change your mind. A wholesome new way to love McDonald's is through Uber Eats. Yes, your new slaves are all white. Isn't it fun? It's so great. You too can order your own butler and he will drive to your house so quickly with whatever you need. <laughs> You're like condoms and a McDouble. I don't even know what they make anymore. What do they do? Uh, when I was a child, I loved Big Macs because they're uniquely entwined with my grandmother who was in the times where there was no food. What did they call that? I had an uncle, uh, his name was Uncle Sam, and he was super depressed. Oh no, that was the Great Depression. Anyway, so my grandmother went through the Great Depression. She was very, very sad. And then she taught me to love Big Macs. Yeah. So much food, such small prices. And I was five years old, and she was like, if you're going to get that Big Mac, you better eat the whole thing. And I remember being a small child and, like, sitting there with her and, like, forcing myself to eat, like, the last fourth of that, 
huge burger, which was like the size of my head. I was a small child, right? But it was so big, and I was like, I have to eat the whole thing. And all the fries, and I sat there and I ate them all. She was so proud of me. It was so good. Uh, she wasn't as proud as my bulimia that I was into in my junior high and high school years, but that's cool. Grandma set the, set the stage early. Finish all your food. And you just barf it up later. It's fine. It's no big deal. I'm so glad that we can uh, smoke pot ubiquitously now so that I can actually be hungry all the time. Yay! Yay! Has anyone ever gotten so high that they forget how their own shower works? Has that happened to anybody but me? I'm like, I've been living here for seven years, but I feel like I'm in a hotel. Like, which way is it? Ah, so hot! Ah! And the cat's sitting there. I'm like, I know you know how it works. Why didn't you tell me, alien overlord? Anybody else love the fuck out of their cat? Yeah, I got a couple hands. Oh, you got to just raise one hand to the cats. Just like the Chinese, you just bow with one hand to your alien overlords. Just, yes, cats, whatever you want. I'm doing some weird fucked up new shit with my cat. It's not sexual, I assure you. Uh, I'm feeding him. Oh, hey! talking about how much I love my cat. Meow. I'm now feeding my cat canned clams with no salt and I mix it with sour cream because I make my cat clam chowder to order. That's what I do for my cat. Does anyone love their cat as much as me? I don't think so. I make him clam chowder to order. Meow, meow, meow. I'm like, did we high five? He's like, yeah, I'm okay, okay. Mix it around. No salt. <laughs> Salt's bad for cats. Or good, I don't know what's happening. An egg every morning. Feed your cat raw foods. I'm sorry, this is just me loving my cat. I know that my cat loves me because uh, I was getting finger banged by Jonathan the other morning and the cat didn't just sniff his fingers, he licked him. <laughs> Meaning that my cat loves the shit out of me. <laughs> or women really do taste like tuna. Either way, these aged purple lips are a fine sashimi. It's ahi, not albacore. None of that white shit. It is dark and purpled with age. It is like so, I've been masturbating for so long. It is such a problem. I got in trouble with a friend's mom when I was five because I taught Valerie Duda. I'm sure that's not a real name anymore. I'm sure she got married, but Valerie Duda in Danville. I taught her how to masturbate. I brought her into my room and it had a yellow thing with the the flowers were all in the thing. And I'm like, you sit on your fist like this and you rub yourself around. And she looked at me at one point and she's like, I don't get it. (laughs) I was like, Okay, and I'm like, maybe I'm way ahead of my time at five years old masturbating in front of my friend. I should have been in San Francisco this whole time. I was over there in Danville, so confused. Just a stone's throw away from polyamory. Like, what? Masturbating with friends at five. Move her to San Francisco. Like, there was no, like, program at that time for those kinds of things. I think they called it like pottery or dance. Like I don't know what they, what kind of like weird arts. Like, Get naked in the clay. Ooh, fun times. Yay! Five-year-olds masturbating. It happens. I touch baby dicks all the time. I'm a nanny, and I touch baby dicks for money, and that's just a thing. And I really love it now that women aren't circumcising their children's dicks. I say. 
Circumcision, his choice, his decision. Yeah! Right? Why do we just like willy-nilly chop off the top of baby's dicks for no reason? Like there's not even a covenant. Like I got the Jew thing. Like we're talking to Yahweh. We're like, yeah, whatever you want to do with those guys. Like you want to turn them into like calamari for your fingers or like put them as like, you know, treats on your salad, like croutons or put them in your skin box. I don't know what you're doing with a God, but we got a covenant with you. So it's cool. But why all the Anglo-Saxon Christian women just chopping off the tops of baby's dicks for no reasons? laziness they just don't want to get in there and clean it all the shmegma but if you put an 18 month old in a bath of water they're gonna play with their own dick they clean themselves they're like self-cleaning animals I promise you like you don't have to chop off the dick they'll do it I don't know I haven't uh, but I'll, I mean, I'll do it. I mean, you're paying me 20 bucks an hour, so I'll clean your baby's dick too. Like, whatever you want. Give me the swab or whatever you think you need. It's just like, hey, we're just talking about swabbing out baby's dicks. Yay. <laughs> baby schmegma. Is that a thing? Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm 43. That's an inconsequential number. Woo. 42 is the answer to the life and everything, the meaning, have a, have a towel. Uh, but 43 is just sort of dumb, and I'm like, if I could just switch the numbers and be 34, that would be cool. So I have a backpack with a bunch of old, uh, well, no, I don't have one on this outfit. Uh, I have a bunch of old uh, Girl Scout patches, and the problem is they're labeled like calendars, 81 or cookies, 84. And I'm thinking like, can I pick out the stitches and make like <laughs> cookies, 94? And I, hey, I'm, I'm 34 now. Da, 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 da. Turn back the wheels of time. Time's all a construct, isn't it? Who believes in time? What is it? If I could turn back time. If I could have fucking Cher's ass, I'd trade it right now. She's got like a 74-year-old ass and it looks awesome. I turn back time and on the Navy ship. Fuck these things in the air today. Do we, who's happy about the Anybody, anybody else like going like PTSD? Anybody else been in a war-torn country that's like, oh, we're showing our American dick and other people die when that shit happens. Ah! Sorry, I didn't mean to get all like, I just, my cat's freaking the fuck out. And I just really care about my cat, you know? And it's like, oh, he's looking at me with his eye and they go, oh, you know, like when your cat's on acid and his eyes go, oh, and he's like, oh, and you're like, I know, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to tell you. And you just give him more sour cream. That's like the answer to everything is just feed your cat sour cream. He'll calm the right down. It's like, oh. That's why I should never have children, because I would just make them fat. <laughs> I would just be like, is everything scary? Eat more food. Have a pot caramel. Uh, if any of you want pot food tonight, please, it's ubiquitous. You should eat one, absolutely. Uh, they're weird today. I, I ground up some uh, plantain chips that were spicy and then mixed them with honey peanuts in a caramel. So it's like a, I mean, <laughs> there's weed in it. <laughs> Sorry, it's fun. So it's almost like... If you're walking around in your day and you need just some protein and you're like, ah, and now I can deal with everybody that's walking four wide on the street. Anybody else pissed off these people off to see the motherfucking wizard? They're like all linked hands together down Valencia. We're off to see the wizard. We're going to pay the wizard some money. We're going to buy some things here in the mission. Like get the fuck out of the way. They have no idea how to become like a single. Like you're all just, oh, we were spending money, so we just get to walk whatever way we want. Blah, 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 blah. 
You know what I'm talking about. Another problem here in the mission, the fucking Ford bikes. Fuck those guys. Oh, fuck. Ford bikes just arrived. Oh, this is so great. Right? They're, they're bikes made by Ford that have a motor in them, but they don't come with a helmet, and they take up three parking spaces. <laughs> There's 30 of them in the mission. That's 90 parking spaces that don't exist anymore, and now people are being gladiators and fighting each other in the street for parking spaces. I almost laid down in the street. I had to fight a bitch. She had a Prius. She was coming closer and closer, and I said, oh, why you have to be such a bitch? And she said, ah, oh, why you call me a bitch? And I said, well, I call people a bitch who are acting cunty. And then she calls the police. And I'm like, what are the police going to do? You're the one trying to hit me with your Prius. They're going to come out here, and they're going to be like, which white bitch is acting cuntier? Like, what's going to happen right now? Like, really? You're going to waste their time? Because we're, it's the 90 parking spaces taken by Ford. And here's the other thing, like, yeah, oh, all the, all the tourists get to ride around. It's going to be so fun in San Francisco with no helmets. They have no idea where they're going one-way streets the wrong way with no helmets. Now, I don't care that much about fucking tourists, but I don't want them to die, like, that much. You know what I mean? They're going the wrong way on Folsom. Going to get hit by a car. That is the off. We're trying to get to the in and out. The in and out has the off. Are we going to have we in the right place? No. Do I do a terrible German accent? I suck. Yay. Let's sing the song that happens when we do this at this show since we have an audience and we're excited to hear comedy. Yes! Yay! Yay! If you know how the song goes, sing along with me. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. Hi, hi, hi. <coughs> Are there any cops here tonight? Are, I mean, this is a real question. Are there any cops here tonight? Is everybody okay if we smoke pot inside? Is everybody okay? Can I get all the, are all the adults okay? Does anybody have a problem with it? If you have a problem with it, we don't have to do it. Okay, M-U-T-I-M-Y, comedy, clubhouse. You want to come to my clubhouse? Yay! Yay! We have a really exciting night tonight because your headliner is Johan Miranda, and he's like a real comedian from like real times, and he has a CD that's coming out soon, and he's going to be doing his big, he's going to practice for us. We are so lucky. It is really a very special and awesome treat. But we also have great people that are going to warm you up, and it's going to be so great. Your first community of the night. She's one of my good friends. You guys are going to love her. Put your hands together. Just, just back from India or fucking Africa. Like, she's like a world traveler rat, and she'll, like, do yoga and be like, let me tell you about We should just do ayahuasca together, and then we can finally see the truth. And I'm like, I know. I know we need to do this. <laughs> you guys are going to love her, everybody. It's Amy Bebo. <laughs> not bring any ayahuasca so because I don't have the buckets you know like you don't just show up without with ayahuasca you gotta you gotta bring buckets along too you know it, it's really the only everybody's so afraid about throwing up on ayahuasca but but there are people who like have their head in the toilet with alcohol you know what I mean they'll be like they'll drink themselves just stupid vodka shots soak our tampons in it stick it on our pussy then do more shots they'll be like Oh, oh, but you could throw up? It's like, 
I don't get it. I don't get all the fear. Um, everything I see on TV about ayahuasca is fucking stupid. Okay, that's why I don't even want to be the comic like talking about it. You guys have heard of ayahuasca? Okay, some people have, some people haven't. It's like the shamanic plant medicine from the Amazon that people drink and like, like look at themselves and they're like, oh my God, I'm such an asshole. And they need a bucket, you know? <laughs> Usually that's what happens. Um, some people are like, oh, I got a download, you know? They're, people come, they, get, they drink the ayahuasca, they get a download. I'm like, oh, was it that you're an asshole? You know? Because <laughs> I got that download about you. No, <laughs> also, you know, like, because you don't know if we're on the same page, you know, like, um, no, like every, because it's probably your ego, and it's probably not a download, guess what, if it was like fairies and unicorns and shit, that wasn't a download, that was your ego, you're in like fantasy story time, a download is when you're like, on the ground, praying at the altar, like asking like God and all the animals that you've eaten in your life to please forgive you. You're like inside your bucket, you know, and then you're vomiting. That's like a, that's a download. Um, just being like, oh my God, um, you need to get me so I can sing the song because I have the song that's going to heal all the people in here. That's not a download. <laughs> that's you're an asshole, probably. <laughs> I had a guy like that once in a ceremony. Like I was... Um, like the person in charge of putting down people's names who were going to share a special song, which are always too long. Guess what, everybody? Your special song is an asshole. <laughs> you know, like I don't even want to hear it. It's, it's like inevitably, like, like return to the land of your soul. You know, return again, return again, return to the land of your soul. And I'm just like. Return to the land of your phone, you know? Return to texting them. Return to sexting him. Return to wasting your time you won't see again. That's, these are my like ayahuasca songs. I, I'm like the weird, weird Al female version, like ayahuasca ceremony girl. Like I, I, my new song for ceremony is called Bucket. It's really just about like vomiting, you know, into your bucket. And then I put an ending on it to like mock everybody whose song is too long. <laughs> it was fucking glorious. That's what I like to do. I, I like, I can't go to regular parties anymore. I just was trimming weed, you know, I was like trimming weed. So I was, I'm up in like some property in Lake County and it's mostly Brazilian girls and I speak Portuguese because I'm cool like that um, you know but these bitches talk fast you know and like all I can hear is every other word like festa do barco festa do barco festa do barco they're talking about this boat festival party shit that's going to be the love boat you know you think used to be ghost shit but they had to change their name because the dead people and the ghosts who <laughs> want them to come to the party so you know all I had to do like was like trying to trim weed and you just hear these like Brazilian girls like talking about themselves Oh my God, he, he just, and, and like they're all wearing these cute outfits, like, like it's like they're not gonna win the spiritual outfit competition at Ecstatic Dance in that outfit, but they would enter, you know? Like, like they're all in these cute trim clothes. I take like a hospital sheet I bought at the Mission um, thrift store, you know, I cut a whole head hole in it, you know what I mean? And I just like put it over me, so it's like it's a blue and white striped sheet that covers my entire body that I also use like as a napkin and to clean my scissors, you know? And then I got like scissors, you know, I look like an escape deranged mental patient, you know, and I'm like, bitches cool it with the Portuguese, you know, and they're like, we're sorry. I'm like, that's right. Where's my bucket? Shut up. 
Um, this is why we all hate comedy, because we don't want to hear people fucking talking about themselves. Am I right? Is there any other comics in here? No, I'm just kidding. That's why I don't come out. Because um, I don't care. Um, mostly that. I don't care. It's hopeless. So I'm in my buckets. I'm in ceremony. Now, normally, like, when I drink medicine, which is, you know, with some regularity, like, the animals are always talking to me. They're like, stop eating us. And I'm like, I'm sorry. And they're like, you're so not sorry. And I'm like, no, I know. I'm terrible, you know? And then, like, God's, like, showing me the earth just being destroyed, you know, just because we want to eat meat, you know? And that's what's happening. We're destroying the planet for meat. And so I think it's an addiction. I think the meat thing is an addiction. So I start the new group. It's going to be Death Addicts Anonymous, (laughs) you know? Because I think we're addicted to death and war and violence and unless we like start calling it what it is which is a manufactured bullshit addiction from you know a bunch of people who want to take our money and like keep us sick and dying you know like let's call it what it is death addiction death addicts anonymous I'm an advocate I mean and I'll still eat some dairy and but I call it what it is sad veal baby you know (laughs) like when I put my coffee you know my creamer in my little veal baby. I got the veal baby express to the bucket. Like if I'm, if I'm getting ready for a ceremony, you know, it's just pull a cream in your coffee and then I'll be like, I'm so sorry, little cow friend. Because I mean, like, we could just call it, you know, we could call it cheese. We could call it stolen milk from a sad, dead, from a sad raped cow's dead veal baby. But it doesn't sound melty. That doesn't sound melty. I mean, it's too long, for one thing. Stolen milk from a sad, raped cow's dead veal baby. It's not a good acronym. And cheese sounds melty. You know, like, we know that that's delicious. Except for it's not. So, yeah, I was in my bucket. (laughs) I did, like, five super intense ceremonies in the month of September. Like, in nine days, basically. Like, I sit with a Brazilian musical genius and a couple other musical geniuses, and then they like rock the music, and then the rest of us like get together and like puke. It's pretty great. I mean, I just like I don't know. Like, I don't really want most people to come because they can't handle that shit. And I actually help clean buckets. You know, <laughs> like I just like, wreck my whole night. So I get to this ceremony, and normally we go veg. This time the fuckers are serving chicken friends. Like, right before ceremony, I'm like, do you know how many more buckets you're making me right now with this buffet? <laughs> you know, like, you're guaranteeing my whole second cup is just, like, me running after, like, one little compost bag, patting a girl, handing him a napkin, throw it in the trash, and then somebody else is over here going, and I mean, like, the vomit sounds in an ayahuasca ceremony, like, nothing that you want to hear. I mean, like, it's just, like, whatever. It's like the d- bowels of hell, you know, but it's better out than in, you know, so... Um, like that's when you're getting the download. It's not usually when you're like in your like feathers and you know, you're, you know, you're just like, oh my god, I just can't believe how spiritual I am. That's a lot of bucket warranting stuff as well. <laughs> I don't normally like do you know medicine comedy because. Again, because everything that you see in popular culture about ayahuasca is fucking stupid and wrong, and most of the people like aren't actually doing it. So, don't believe anything you hear. Fear your own bucket, because <laughs> it's really only yourself, you know. So, if people like stop being so scared to look at themselves, then we can like move forward as a fucking species and like take care of this most beautiful planet that we're living on. It's also my birthday next Friday, so this is me and Pam's birthday show. I'm a call out my birthday. I'm 44. So so I can turn those numbers all the way around, and it's, it's, it brings no comfort, but getting older is awesome. And yay, yay, Mutant Radio, let's keep it alive. Keep it going for our next comic. Is it Pam again? Gonna bring us back. Thank you, I'm Amy Bebo. Amy Bebo! Yeah, giving us the plight of the vegans. 
I actually thought about vegans this week because in San Francisco, you're allowed to have two chickens. That's a thing you're allowed to do. If you have a house, you can have two chickens. Now, if you're a vegan and you have two chicken friends and your chicken friends make an egg, you can eat that fucking egg, right? Because the chicken is your friend. You fed the chicken, the chicken's your friend. The chicken's not gonna do anything with that egg. They make an egg anyway, it's not fertilized. What the fuck they're gonna do with that egg? So a vegan should be able to eat an egg from a chicken that they're friends with. Can we get, I mean, let's just change the rules. Doesn't it make sense? Yes, absolutely. Now, if we feed goats enough weed, will, can we take their milk and make TH cheese? Now, can we feed goats? Is it mean to the goats? Am I thinking too far into the future? What I'm saying is we feed the goats weed. The goats will eat anything. They'll eat the fucking weed parts. They don't give a fuck, right? They eat the stems and the hemp and the whole deal. We feed the goats weed, then we take their milk, we make it into cheese, it's TH cheese. Yes, I'm sorry, comedy or we're all gonna make a million dollars. Yay, yay, Beauty Radio, a million dollars. Your next comedian. I can't believe he hasn't made a million dollars yet. He's such a talented actor, and you're gonna see him someday on a movie, and you're gonna be like, I fucking, he's the guy with the Jew frill that I knew. <laughs> That's Clay Newman. Everybody clap your hands together, Clay Newman, yay! You know what, I really hope you guys will support Pam's uh, THC goat cheese idea, I do. I really do. No, I really hope because your last idea was your own breast milk with THC. And so now I'm just very excited that you're not doing that anymore. Uh, like even if PETA complained, like, no, listen, listen, listen. We were about to have to eat breast milk. Like, you know she wasn't going to warn us. Like, we're just going to get you like, let's try this cookie. Halfway through, like, it's breast milk. Like, uh oh. Damn it. Finish the cookie because you're high already. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, um, my, my name is Clay. Uh, I'm an up and coming comedian. Um, I am a working actor, like Pam mentioned, which, as you guys know, means uh, I drive for Lyft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm giving one of you guys a ride home after this, so I hope, I hope you have fun tonight. It's be an uncomfortable ride back to the sunset if you guys don't have fun tonight. People ask the same shit about Lyft. They're like, you let strangers in your car? In San Francisco? Who's the craziest person that's ever been? I, I bet you meet the craziest people. What's the craziest thing that's ever happened in your car? And I think that they're thinking of the bus. <laughs> so I don't know if you've been on beauty recently, but that's definitely how crazy commutes in this city. You need a credit card to get in my car. Shit can't get that wild. <laughs> there are rules in a lift. There are no rules on the bus. Are you kidding me? They say there are rules. They say there's a camera to enforce the rules. But if you look closely, the camera at the front of the bus, it's just a sticker. <laughs> it's chaos on the bus. 
There's so much shit you could never get away with in my car. Like, I've never had somebody just, for example, uh, get in my car, pull out a swisher and a knife, gut the swisher, dump the tobacco on the ground, fill it with weed and shrooms, which I didn't even know was a thing that you could do, and then smoke it via transit. I've obviously never had that happen in my car. I have seen that on the 71 three times. It's exciting, but scary, you know? You want to ask if you could hit it, but he still got the knife out. It's like, okay, well, guess that's the solo blunt. <laughs> One crazy thing did happen. This was horrible. This couple in the backseat of my car is so fucking disgusting. I can't believe somebody would do this in front of a stranger. This couple, did you guys just, like, give each other a nod? Like, oh, yeah, we've done that shit. Like, <laughs> save it for Uber, all right? <laughs> This is so disgusting. This couple in the backseat of my car, they, it was late and they've been drinking, but that's not an excuse, all right? The two of them quietly but passionately broke up with each other. <laughs> is that what you guys were thinking? Because if you had fucked, like, I could have handled that. Like, I could have handled fucking emotionally. It would have been much easier on me. Yeah, yeah. I know what to do. You get mad. You kick him out. You charge a cleaning fee. <laughs> Plus, you get to see some fucking. It's not all bad. <laughs> there are perks. This, like, breaking up, like, okay, I don't drive an SUV, all right? I drive a Camry. If you're in the backseat of my car, you're a foot and a half away from me. I'm being broken up with, too, right now. <laughs> It's very traumatic. This is the most uncomfortable situation I've ever pretended not to be a part of. I'm like, I wasn't ready for it. They don't prepare you for this when you sign up for Lyft. I didn't have Everybody Hurts on the playlist. <laughs> I was just driving along. All I heard from behind me is, babe, I don't even know a Tiffany. Oh, that sounds bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you don't know a Tiffany, why is there a Tiffany in your phone? Yeah, who the fuck is Tiffany? Oh, God damn it. I'm in this now. This is bad. Babe. Babe. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to get dumped for sure. You're not even trying. God damn it. Ah. Uh. you right now you saved her as big titties Tiffany <laughs> one star Jason <laughs> horrible and I didn't have any advice for her I, I didn't know what the hell to say the only thing I could think of is this relationship was literally coming to an end the only thing I could think of was so two stops then A dollar extra for two stops. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> Felt bad. I remember, dropped her off first, tears in her eyes, took off with him. I'm like, all right, buddy, where to now? And he looked right back at me in the rearview mirror and he said, Tiffany's, obviously. Oh, no. oh, well. I, I didn't write it, he did. So it's not a very woke joke. I get it. Sometimes we're just a reporter up here.
That mentality is weirdly prevalent, though. Like, I recently heard somebody use the phrase hunt for pussy. Ugh. Not even our president, just a random person. A civilian. Hunting, come on. Like, I know words don't always matter, but I think sometimes they do. I think it's way past time that men as a gender stopped hunting for pussy like we're fucking cavemen and begin gathering for vagina. All right. Thank you. Some cave gentlemen in the house. I like it. Uh, so I've had uh, a fun week. Um, got some staples pulled out of my head yesterday. Like, they were there on purpose. Like, I had a doctor staple my head. Uh, it happened while I was filming a commercial, actually. Uh, I was at a audition, and auditions are exactly like job interviews. They're exactly like job interviews. You're nervous, you're excited, and what's the most important thing? What's the most important thing to do at a job interview? Be cool? Oh, shit. The Fonz over here has never been to a real job interview. Like, you just sit down, light a cigarette, like, hey. <laughs> Elbow a jukebox. Thanks for having me. I'm the new manager of this Starbucks. <laughs> All right, what do you think? What's the most important thing to do at a job interview? Don't choke. Well, yeah, I guess. Like, do you want to do that? Like, why are you eating during a job interview? That's, like, really confident. Just, like, I don't know how this job interview is going to go, but I know this pastrami sandwich isn't getting any warmer, so. You lie. That's what I'm going for. That's what I'm looking for. You have to lie at a job interview. Like, who's never lied at a job interview? That's right. You all have jobs. You had to... You had to pay to be here. You've all gotten through a job interview. It's the exact same in that audition. So when they asked if I knew how to do stunts, I'm like, fuck yeah, I do stunts. Like, obviously I do stunts. I'm like Jewish Jackie Chan. I'm Juki Chan. Like, <laughs> obviously I do stunts. So cut to me in Golden Gate Park, just falling for an hour. That's what I have to do. They have to film me fall. And I'm like, all right, I've drunk before. Like, I could do this. Like, I know how falling works. And so I'm falling. And every time I do it, I'm like barely dodging a stick. And like every time I fall, I'm like, oh, God, there was a rock. Like, I really should have actually at least YouTubed how to do this properly. Uh, but I do it. And I get through the whole hour. And they get the shot. Like, that looked great. Thanks, man. That was funny. That looked awesome. That looked very real. I'm like, I'm, yeah, that was real. Uh, and I'm sitting on this bench, and we're about to do our last shot, which is just me looking out at this beautiful view, and the camera's right behind me, and I don't even need to act. I'm patting myself on the back. I'm like, yeah, this is a great day. And as I'm sitting there looking at this beautiful view, a pine cone falls from the tree and hits me on the head, and I need to have three staples put in. <laughs> That's a true story. That's a true story. I need to really reiterate that that's a true story. I know that that is not a especially believable story because I left the hospital with three staples in my head and a pamphlet for alcoholism and domestic abuse. <laughs> I don't know what the doctor thought happened, but it had nothing to do with the pine cone. He's uh, like, all right, listen, it's a pine cone, yeah, but uh, if that pine cone ever comes back, there's a number you could call. All right. <laughs> All right, worth it. That was worth it then. I'm glad it actually happened. 
like I've been doing comedy long enough to like hold an ice pack to my bleeding head, thinking, well, maybe I'll get a joke out of this. Like, this might be okay. Do you know how sad I would be if I didn't get a joke out of that, though? Like, when I got that bill from Kaiser Permanente, I'd be like, oh, fuck, I really wish that joke had landed. Um, that was not worth it. Fucking pine codes. If that, like, if that joke hadn't landed, I would have just given up on comedy and, like, start preaching about the dangers of squirrels fucking at tall places and trees. Like, I'm not 100% sure it was squirrels fucking, but I'm pretty sure it was squirrels fucking that made that happen. Fuck on the ground like a normal creature, squirrels. Fucking... High rope fucking, putting us all in danger. Sorry, I'm so a little vulnerable, possibly concussed. Uh, <laughs> they do say yelling about squirrels is one of the signs of concussions. Uh, they ask football players, like, how do you feel about squirrels? And they're like, okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I realized I'm not in good shape. Uh, I realized that because uh, I thought it'd be a fun little goof just to start by uh, my comedy sets, just by taking a knee. Just get down there and take a knee. And this is how I realized how far I am for professional football players. I couldn't even take a knee for the length of the national anthem. Like, I was down there. I got a minute in. I'm like, I am sore. This is like... There's never been a carpeted stage. It's always very uncomfortable. Sorry, black people. I guess not the one. Um, it's hard politically these days. I find myself, like, I, I know deep down that like, my heart's in the right place with, like, most of the things I do. I'm probably going to say some dumb shit every once in a while. But, like, as a straight white man in America, we really have to look at ourselves we have to be conscious of how we look and how we sound to other people like i every day it used to be my girlfriend that took so long to get ready in the morning but now it's me every day i just find myself stressed out in front of a full-length mirror like babe does this top make me look racist <laughs> now this the trump's in america right nazis are marching do these pants make it look like i've been systematically oppressing groups of people I know they're not khakis, but still, does my ass look evil in these pants? All right, well, I'm glad I didn't have to bleed for that joke. That wasn't very good. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you guys really are in for a treat with this next comic. I'm very excited to see him recording a special. Uh, uh, and for myself, I'm just happy you're here. Like, I hope you realize, without you guys being here, this is just schizophrenia. Um, <laughs> it's not like bad practice for us. This is just me in the shower making my roommates uncomfortable practicing jokes. So I appreciate you guys being here. Uh, we really do need you. It's 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 like that old saying: if a comic tells a dick joke in the woods and no one's around to hear it, did I get too drunk on that camping trip? <laughs> I may have, but I hope for myself that maybe someday you guys will be watching Comedy Central. And what if you think of the time you saw me here and you say to yourselves, that Clay Newman guy, I wonder if he's watching Comedy Central too. <laughs> Probably, y'all. Oh, thank you so much. I give it up for the lovely birthday girl, Pam Benjamin. Yeah, squirrels, man. Oh, I got 
stuff to say. No, I don't have anything to say about squirrels. Uh, except that, oh, no, I had something, but then I forgot. I'm sorry, I got too high. Has anybody else seen any of the pot food? Did that happen to them too? Okay, cool. Uh, it's great because we all get to just kick back and fucking be engaged with the radness of the next 50 minutes of your fucking life. As uh, this great comedian, he uh, he's recent, he'll soon be... Uh, doing this as a CD, and we're really excited that he's uh, using us as a, a practice venue. So, yay, lucky us. Woo! Put your hands together, everybody, for the very funny, the very amazing Johan Miranda! Thank you so much. I, uh, it's good to be here. I, uh, I grew up out here. Uh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm visiting my folks right now. I, I, I live in LA now. Um, so I got to see my I got to see my I got to see my mom and dad. Um, I got to see my niece today. She's like uh, two now, well, two and a half. I, I don't know her name. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm glad to I'm I'm glad I got to see her, you know, uh, grow up. Cause I only get to see her grow up through like Facebook pics that my brother posts, you know. It kind of bums me out that this generation of kids, it's gonna be like the first generation of kids that's gonna grow up and find out their baby pics only got like twelve likes. Like, <laughs> how, do you, how do you deal with that emotion? I like every baby pic for that reason. I don't know. Uh, I got to see my dad. My dad is the one who named me Johan. I was named after Johan Cruyff, a Dutch soccer player, uh, which is weird because like my older brother uh, was named after my dad. You know, like Mario Senior, Mario Junior. Like his. It goes to show his logic in naming us because like my older brother was born. He was like, "This is my firstborn son. He's gonna honor my legacy. I'm gonna name him after myself, Mario." And then when I was born, he was like, "What's on TV?" <laughs> 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 Fuck it. This guy's pretty good. <laughs> so um to tell you guys uh a little bit about myself i w was born in lima peru i um moved out to the bay when i was three like with my family i wasn't like an ambitious ass baby like, <laughs> like see you later mama got dreams uh and we we came here on a tourist visa um we came here on vacation uh, and we're just not done sightseeing, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we still haven't checked out Sacramento. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I grew up undocumented or illegal, depending on which news station you watch. Uh, and uh, we, we moved to uh, uh, here. When we first moved to the U.S., we moved to um, the Fillmore District here on Grove. And um, which, when I was a kid, that neighborhood was like a majority black neighborhood it's like not really the case anymore like it's been gentrified a lot um i have conflicting feelings about gentrification because like obviously when it comes to my migration here to this country i have liberal views on immigration yet when it comes to white people moving into my own neighborhood i'm like we have to build a wall is <laughs> i don't know what the compromise on that is you know like <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm glad. I, when, when people ask me 
uh, oh, where I'm from, I, you know, I have to tell them Peru, and they get so excited. They're like, oh, you're from Peru? Like, tell me all about it. And I have to bum down. Like, I haven't been back. You know, I haven't been able to go back. So, so I have to bum down. I'm like, yeah, I'm undocumented. I haven't been able to go back. And they're, they're always still like, yeah, but like, have you been to Machu Picchu? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Growing up, uh, English wasn't my first language. So I had a hard time understanding like common phrases and how they were used. Like, was, like the phrase we'll see about that. Because when you break that phrase down, only means it's happening. It's coming in the future. But you can't say we'll see about that like in a non-threatening manner. Like if a friend comes up to you and is like, oh, yes, I'm six months pregnant and the baby's doing March. It's like, yeah, we'll see about that. Like, <laughs> it's like, what? Do we have beef? Like, just see about that. English grammar has always tripped me out. Yeah. I saw this billboard recently. It was an advertisement for milk. Just a big billboard for milk. And all it said was uh, 99% of dairy farms are family owned. I feel like that should be rephrased to 1% of dairy farm owners let their kids follow their dreams. <laughs> right. Just, uh, yeah. I am going to be, uh, this is the, uh, by the way, uh, thanks for Pam for letting me do this. This is the first time I'm running this whole thing, so I'm, I might check occasionally, forgive me, my notes. And also, I, 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 I took a pot cookie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this, is gonna, this might be interesting. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, oh uh, yeah. Um, uh, for those, uh, whenever, whenever I have to explain like my immigration status right now, the way I explain it is like, uh, right now I have DACA, which, which just got repealed. Uh, and if legislation doesn't pass soon, um, I'm going to lose my driver's license, work permit, and I'll be vulnerable to deportation. Yeah, it's, uh, it's my new Tinder bio right now. It's, <laughs> it's working well. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, people in my situation are referred to as dreamers, um, which for me personally, I was three when I came here. I was barely conscious, you know? My parents uh, were the ones with the dreams until I killed their dreams and I became a stand-up comic. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, had, I, I, I had this funny thought. I don't know. I don't think you guys will like it, but just in, well, that, 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 that's, that's always on my mind, that guilty conscience. Like, that my parents sacrificed everything for me to get here, you know? Like, <laughs> like the idea that my mom wasn't able to go to her mom's funeral so I could do this like <laughs> I don't know I thought that was these better be some good jokes <laughs> I don't know I um I uh the, the way I describe it to people, like what, how it feels right now, it is pretty scary. This is the first time in my life where I've ever had the thought of like, well, maybe I should lose weight. Because um, it just feels like at some point in the next four years, I'm going to have to like run or like, or like <laughs> climb a fence. I got to do something, you know, like get, get my CrossFit on. Um, I do need to just lose weight in general, like... Right now, I'm like the level of fat where 
if I stand outside of a bar, people will just automatically hand me their IDs. You know? <laughs> they just assume I'm a doorman. People just assume shit about you when you're fat. Like, anytime I go out to eat with my friends, they just automatically assume that I want their leftovers. You know, they're like, oh, I'm so full. Here, Johan. And you know what the fucked up part about it is? It's like 99% of the time, I do want their leftovers. <laughs> but if, you know, it's, it's conflicted. I don't know. I, uh, it, it is... It is weird to think that, like, after all I've been through, I still identify mostly as a fat person. Like, like you can introduce me to another undocumented immigrant from Peru, and I will still relate more to, like, a fat Donald Trump supporter because <laughs> they know my struggle in a way. Like, they've worn T-shirts to the pool. They know what... <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't, ha I don't have any actual thoughts on Trump... Uh, I will say he is kind of behaving like our first Latino president. Because, like, what's the first thing he did when he got into office? He started hiring his family. That's, <laughs> that's some shit my uncle would do. Like, hey, come work for me. I got a new business. <laughs> no health insurance. <laughs> um, and people ask me all the time how I feel about Trump voters or, like, you know, the rest of the country, do I feel like the rest of the country voted against me? The honest truth is, like, I never think about the rest of the country. <laughs> like, I consider myself a Californian more than an American, and not even all of California. Like, if you told me, like, oh, Johan, you can legally live in this country, but you have to live in Fresno, I'd be like, how bad is Peru really? Like, how bad? <laughs> Maybe I can figure something out, you know? Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yes, it's been scary times. I, I've been, I've been, finding a lawyer has been like the hardest thing. I finally found one, but like, because anytime I would call a lawyer for help, they'd be like, oh yeah, come on in. It would just be like 250 for the consultation. I'm like, I'm not that scared of being important. You know, like, I'm not. <laughs> That's too much. So I finally found someone that would talk to me. And um, the lawyer, the, she asked me, like, oh, how'd you come to this country? Uh, and I told her, you know, tourist visa. We came here on vacation on, by plane. Um, and she was like, that's great news. That means if you ever do get married, it'd be much easier for you to get a green card as opposed to if you cross the border. It's just good to know that even at my most vulnerable point in life, I still have some level of privilege, you know, like... <laughs> Like, I didn't cross the border, you know? I snuck into this country on a plane like royalty. <laughs> like, I am the aristocrats of undocumented immigrants. All right. Uh, I, I called my brother for advice recently. He's a citizen now through marriage, and I called him for advice, and he was... At first, he was sympathetic, but then he started chastising me. He was like, you know, Johan... You had DACA for four years. You should have gotten married by now. <laughs> like, if you got married already, you wouldn't be dealing with this, you know. It's time to settle down. And I had to explain to him, like, you know, I just haven't found that special someone that, you know, I have a strong connection with and I can imagine myself building a future with. And my brother was like, you see, Johan, that's your problem is you're thinking like an American. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. He does kind of have a point, like... It is weird that, like, marriage is the only thing 
that can save me right now, and I'm still like fucking around. You know, like, I'm still like, it's weird to know that marriage is the only thing that can save me right now, and I'm still like, yeah, I just don't want to define us. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just too broke to be dating right now. It's just hard to date when you're broke. Like, I'm at the point now where like I have to go for the kiss on the first date. I just don't see a second date in my budget. You know, like, <laughs> like I need to know now. <laughs> I don't know. I was uh, listening to that song "No Scrubs" by TLC. You guys remember that song? Fucking love that song as a kid. But now that I'm older and I fit all the qualifications of a scrub, <laughs> I feel like it's a very hostile song. Like, <laughs> like so what if I'm hauling from my best friend's ride? I got a lot of friends, you know? <laughs> it's weird. I'm, I'm 28 now, and I feel like an adult. Like, I think I'm doing... Like, I have my own place now. Or I should say, uh, my own room. <laughs> my own room in a three-bedroom apartment. Uh, that's You know, I got my own room now. But, like, I still don't have, like, a bed frame. You know, like, I just... <laughs> I feel like 28 is the last year I'm, I'm allowed to not have a bed frame. And I have so much respect for anyone that fucks me. I really do. I have so much respect for anyone that has sex with me. Because I look at it from their perspective. Like, they go on a date with me, and they like me enough to go back to my place, my, my room. <laughs> and, they, and, like, I open the door to my room, and there's, like, a fucking mattress on the floor. And they still fuck me. Like, they're fucking the person I could become. You know, like, the dude with the bed frame. <laughs> That's my goals. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't want to fall in love. It sounds scary, you know? Actually, I read a study recently that said that, like, love is kind of, it's like a drug. Because, like, it releases uh, dopamine in your brain. Like the same way cocaine does. And that has me wondering, like, so what exactly is wrong with cocaine? You're like, what's the big deal? Because <laughs> look, whether you're on cocaine or doing love, like, <laughs> either way, you're going to be doing a lot of talking. You know, like, <laughs> your heart's going to be racing. And either way, you're going to find yourself with like a new group of people that you don't even like. <laughs> all right now i know where the party people's at <laughs> all right um i give the worst dating advice like anytime a guy come a friend comes to me with girl problems i'm always the first dude to be like just fucking forget her bro like even though i don't believe that at all you're like nah bro ignore her text just fucking focus on what you gotta do man and inside of him like It'd be nice to find someone. Like, <laughs> so, just a huge hypocrite here. I don't know. Um, I have a, I have an, I have an idea. Um, I don't. Okay, I read two back, two articles back to back, and I had an idea. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. The first article I read said. It costs taxpayers $1.5 million every time the U.S. government uses an airstrike. The second article I read right after that said, undocumented immigrants paid $13 billion in taxes last year. So what I was thinking is a good pro-immigrant commercial could be undocumented immigrants helped pay for over 8,000 airstrikes last year. 
<laughs> Who senator should I send that to? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm glad you guys were on board board for that. <laughs> Some yeah, sometimes that joke doesn't go well. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's 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 yeah. It's been it's just been so confusing trying to like advocate for like because it's weird because like I, I you know I grew up with undocumented immigrants like like they're not all good people <laughs> like they're just like like everyone else you know like just like and that's like literally like anyone else you know it's like and now like I have an undocumented friend and you know he, he's fine but like he still owes me twenty dollars and it's like <laughs> now I have to advocate to legalize him like I don't know maybe we should pay off our debts first like <laughs> you know <laughs> I don't know. It's a. Uh, I. Uh, um, back when they were having the, the statute debates, um, I was. Remember when? Yeah, they were like, "What? What do we do with Confederate statues?" <laughs> uh, I I have an idea, and if I were if I were able to create, or design a statue, the statue I will create it would be. Uh, sort of like a, a symbol of hope for undocumented immigrants. Something that will like keep us focused and on the prize. And so I would build a monument to the most successful undocumented immigrant in U.S. history, our first lady, Melania Trump. <laughs> so as a, like, you know, like, oh, look, a model came here 20 years ago and now she's first lady. You can do anything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I think it's a good idea. I don't know. Um, I, uh, I, when, when DACA got repealed, I don't know. I, I have a hard time not looking at online comments and like people who shit on um, like dreamers or whatever. Like I did see this thing uh, comparing us to Walt like here's the here's the analogy used against us which is like you know if you take your child to if a child is taken to Walt to Disneyland uh, and if, if a parent sneak a, a child into Disneyland and they get caught whose fault is it is it the parents fault or Disneyland's fault which you know it sounds like a that analogy it's against immigrants but the analogy kind of works because if you compare Disneyland like the nation of Disneyland and the nation of America, like both Trump and Walt Disney uh, were Nazi sympathizers. So it's like, <laughs> the, so the comp, I don't know. Uh, that was a bit of a stretch for that. For that. But yeah, I don't know. It's, and uh, I don't know. Anytime I hear debate about immigration, something I always hears like, well, what about legal immigrants? You know, they waited their turn. Why should illegal immigrants get to cut in line? Which is a fair point, but I like to make the argument that illegal immigrants are more American than legal immigrants. Because let's put it in perspective. What's more American? Fucking waiting in line? Like a commie? Just like, just like groveling for your rations? Or just being a badass American going where you're not supposed to go. You know, like there's, like there's nothing more American than taking what's not yours. You know, like there's... <laughs> like... Isn't that why we celebrate Thanksgiving? Like, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. 
I try I try to not uh I'm still new to like this uh like politics and like I, I still I'm still forming my opinions, you know. Uh I will say I, I'm often referred to as a person of color and I don't know how I feel about the, the term people of color. You know. I liked minority. I thought minority was a great term. <laughs> and also, here's, I'll explain why. I'm, I'm a little hesitant about people of color. Um, the, you guys know that term? Uh, oh, he's having a good time. <laughs> you guys know that term, uh, colored people? That's like a historically racist term. It just feels like they switch it around to people of color, and now it's like supposed to be fine. Like, like I can't go up to you and be like, "Hey, what's up, fucker of mother?" Nah, it's cool. I switched it around. It's fine now. <laughs> you should be proud. And also, I just don't know why the burden is on us to be people of color. Like, I didn't, I didn't agree to that. Like, how about we just call white people people of no color? <laughs> 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 and the rest of us just keep people. I feel like that's a fair deal. <laughs> I feel like that's a way more fair deal. So yeah, I um, I uh, I, I want I being here. It, it I I had some thoughts. I, I passed by my old high, uh, my old elementary, and um, I don't know. I. Uh, at that elementary in John Muir, I we had uniforms, which I loved as a kid because I we got tra- I, I tra- the next uh, the next school I was transferred to what did not have uniforms, and all of a sudden I was like lame for like wearing the same shirt twice. <laughs> so like I remember in high school I wrote an essay about why all schools should have uniforms. <laughs> I was like 15 and like the least rebellious guy. I'm like, I just don't want to think about wearing clothes. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, and I, I passed my old church around here. Uh, I grew up Catholic. Uh, I'm not really Catholic anymore. Uh, I, don't, well, I don't practice. I think part of it, you know what it was, is... Uh, my parents used to host the the local priest over for dinner a lot. Padre Willie was his name, and he used to, he used to pick on my weight, <laughs> and I was like, as a kid, I was like, he was like calling calling me fat. I'm like, this is God's representative. <laughs> like, God, God's a bully. <laughs> I'd rather go to hell. Where? All right, all right. <laughs> Part, this is just turned into like um, I should just I'll I'll, invo- I'll I'll invoice you guys a therapy session, <laughs> whatever you want to charge me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I uh, here's here's a weird thought I had. I hope you guys stick with me on this. Um, you know when someone gets convicted, and I'm talking like the worst type of people, like murderers and kidnappers. And somehow they get away with five years. You know, everyone's like, oh, fuck him. You know, he'll get his in prison. He'll get raped in prison. It's weird how in our society, prison rapists are like our Batman. You know, like. <laughs> like they come to serve justice when justice hasn't been served. You know, like. And I wonder if they feel that sense of duty. Where they're like, oh, I really don't want to rape this guy. But society needs me to. 
Okay, now now I found where you're willing to go with me. That's that was the that was the that was the line, and I'll respect that line. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I uh, as a kid, I used to watch a lot of uh, reality. TV dating shows like The Bachelor or like Flavor of Love or <laughs> they're so boring though those reality TV dating shows because like they only star like beautiful people dating you know like who cares about beautiful people and like what they do like I'm so boring that's why I want to start a reality TV show dating show but have it star homeless people and like their dating world <laughs> Give them some shine. That's right, I'm gonna call it Beggars Can Be Choosers. Beggars. <laughs> I, saw, I saw people avoiding eye contact with me. That's, a, that's a, an excellent dad joke. I'll stand by that dad joke. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I. I grew up out here. Whenever I tell people I'm, I'm from like San Francisco, when I'm like on the road or wherever, like, like what's the first thing they ask you? It's like, maybe it, they always ask me like, "Are you gay?" Which is I'm, I don't know. I go to terrible places, I guess. <laughs> uh, but it's just San Francisco is known as a gay city, you know. Uh, and I, I always wonder that. It's, it's, you know, every city has its gay neighborhood. So I was like, why? Why is San Francisco? like, known as the gay city. I was like, well, when I looked up the history of, you know, the LGBT community here, it's like, oh, it's because, like, in the 60s, there's, you know, a lot of civil rights, like, for uh, LGBT, like, you know, the struggle was here a lot and, got, you know, they made a lot of progress here. So it's not that San Francisco has, like, the most gay people. It's just that it has the best gay people. <laughs> it has the, you know... They weren't just out here just sucking and fucking, you know? They were <laughs> getting laws passed. I mean, they were also sucking and fucking, but they got laws passed, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, and uh, one, one thing I'll tell you guys is uh, my mom suffers from schizoaffective disorder, which is like a combination of like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. And I, I tell you guys that because when we lived in a in, in the Fillmore, um, we lived in a one bedroom apartment, and so like my mom would often yell at her voices like in the kitchen, and the neighbors would call the police, which I thought was unfair, you know, like let them sort it out, you know, like it seems like, <laughs> you know, like they seem to be dealing with it, and um, I remember. Uh, this one time, uh, two police officers came to my door, and one of them, one of them went to deal with my mom in the kitchen, and the other one saw that I was alone playing PlayStation in the living room. I must have been like six. So he saw me playing alone, and he came up to me. He was like, oh, do you want me to play PlayStation with you? Which is like a sweet story, right? Like as a police officer trying to comfort a kid. But really, I only had one controller on that PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> So it was just me watching him play PlayStation. <laughs> like, it's like, dog, you're gonna arrest my mom and beat my high score? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> uh, 
don't know. I, uh, yeah, I, I, if, if you guys don't mind in, indulging me, I'll, I'll tell a, a couple more stories. And the, the reason I tell is, is, is uh, I'm very lucky that San Francisco is a sanctuary city because believe me, my mom would have been deported if she wasn't, if, if it wasn't. My mom's doing much better now. She's playing with my, with my niece or, or I guess they're asleep. <laughs> uh, come on. Hey, welcome. Uh, Uh, I remember one time uh, I was in a kindergarten. Uh, we were uh, we were playing duck duck goose, and my mom was there for some reason. And when you know, you guys remember duck duck goose, right? Fucking the circle game. <laughs> uh, I remember when it was my turn. Uh, to play duck, duck, goose. I, I, I was such an asshole kid. I would walk around the circle and just go duck, 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 and never say goose. You know, like, fucking. And my mom, uh, oh, oh, the teacher put me on timeout, and like my mom had a freak out, and I ended up slap, slapping my teacher. Uh, it was pretty funny at the time. You guys should have been there. <laughs> and you know. Uh, uh, and <laughs> and then she took me by the hand and we left, which was like the best exit I've ever done. Uh, <laughs> and um, I don't know. I I just remember that was like the, the continuous pattern. It was like my mom would have a meltdown and I would be with her crying. And I always wondered like why did I cry as a kid? And I think part of it was like even as a kid, subconsciously I knew like my whole thing was like hey, like by crying I'm going like hey. I don't approve of this either. <laughs> like, I'm not with her. Like, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I remember one time, um, my mom, and my mom had a, a, a meltdown, and, and my dad went to go try to calm her down, but it just made her worse. And she pulled out a knife and like almost tried to stab my dad at the gut. And he, she, and she held the, the knife. Oh, he held the knife and. I remember my aunt was there, and she was like, I'm calling the police, I'm calling the police. And my dad, while still holding the knife, <laughs> he was like, no, don't call the police. <laughs> like, but he said it in a tone of like, hey, this is just a stabbing. Like, this is, <laughs> like, let's not get carried away here. This is, let's calm down. Yeah. Yeah, so we, it was a, a wild time. Uh, but like I said, I don't mean to bum you guys out. She's doing much better now. I've learned to deal or start to deal with it, you know. <laughs> Getting some therapy finally. I do remember one time, this was years, this is when I was like in my early 20s. I was on like a Netflix and chill situation. And it was with the girl. And we were watching A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe. And if you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to spoil it because it came out in 2001. <laughs> um, the, the plot twist in that movie, if you don't remember, is Russell Crowe thinks he's like a, uh, a CIA agent working for the government, but really he's suffering from schizophrenia, uh, which, you know, it's a hell of a, hell of a plot twist. <laughs> and there was a scene, I don't know if you guys remember, 
Russell Crowe is having a public meltdown and like he's being kind of held down by police or like just restrained. And I remember watching that with this girl sitting next to me, and but it was like too much. Like it was like I, I wasn't expecting it. It was like triggering me too much. I started crying. And the poor girl next to me, she was like, she just looked to me and she goes, aw. <laughs> like she thinks I'm just struck by the character development. Like she, <laughs> she goes, aw, that's so sensitive of you. And I was like, yeah, I love the plot development. <laughs> and yeah, I, uh, I got laid that night. I got laid that night, you guys. That was, if there's anything you learned from me tonight is you can always use your childhood trauma to get laid. That's, if there's, that's the only, I want that written on my tombstone. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, I gotta, I gotta take, <laughs> I'm taking the mega bus after this. <laughs> later in, later in the night though. Um, you guys have you guys ever taken the mega bus? Nah, nah, nah. Ah, fucking. To LA. To LA, yeah, yeah. It's like it's such a. Well, I always try to show up early to the mega bus because otherwise, if I'm like late or like everyone already has their seats, and like that's always a bummer because like I have to like walk into the bus and like find out whose day I'm going to ruin. You know, <laughs> yeah, no one wants. It's an extra bit. All right. Um, But yeah, yeah. But I wish I could afford like planes. I don't know. Right now, I'm like, I'm like going up and forth with the financials. Are, are you guys? How are you guys dealing financially? <laughs> you guys, <laughs> Stone Cold. <laughs> Everyone's on like some sort of date or something. Is it's fine. No one wants to admit they're broke. Uh, I recently had to close down my Wells Fargo account and if if you ever had to close down a bank account you'll know that it's way harder than breaking up with somebody because <laughs> I, I went to my local wells fargo's office and immediately the lady there was like oh johan come on in do you want some water or coffee come have a seat and i was like don't do this like <laughs> <laughs> i told her straight up i said i don't have any money right now the fees are killing me i have to close down the account she goes are you seeing other banks? And I was like, no, it's just, you know, I, I just can't afford the fees right now. And she goes, well, we can change. And I'm like, look, it's not you, it's me. Like, I need to find myself a job so <laughs> I can pay these fees. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Cool. Hell yeah. I'm sorry, that was for me. I was like... <laughs> I really do appreciate you guys uh, coming out. And thanks to Pam for letting me do this. Um, what are you guys doing after? <laughs> I, know a, I know there was a cocaine contingency here. I'll, I'll figure out that situation. Pam, you have some more <laughs> puck. There's a lot of pot food. We're gonna have a good time. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get us baked so I don't remember the bus ride. 
that, that's either a really good idea or you'll read about me in the morning papers. Like, <laughs> like, no, but I, I really appreciate you guys coming out uh, and letting me do this. Um, uh, yeah, I, I always, when I like reach towards the end, I, 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 <laughs> I, uh, I always want to make sure you guys, I, I don't want you guys to worry about me. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I'll be fine, you know. I've, I've been undocumented before, like, my whole life, you know? <laughs> so I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. Um, let's, I, I will say, uh, as an undocumented kid, uh, I didn't have any, like, role models growing up. You know, there's no, like, famous undocumented anything. Like, I kind of wish we had, like, an undocumented superhero growing up. Like, somebody that fought crime, but they had to leave before the police came, you know? <laughs> The police are like, it's great that he's fighting crime, but he's taking our jobs. Like he's <laughs> Anyways, I'll end that there, you guys. Thank you guys so much. Have a good night. Comedy Central, and you'll be like, I remember those undocumented jokes. They're awesome. Well, it seems like we have a little time left, so I feel like I should do some jokes, unless you guys are like, we're so comedied out. Are you okay? You want jokes? Okay, I'll do it. Thanks, thanks, Zach Wiseman. That's so cool. Actually, Zach gave me one of the best compliments the other day. Bless you. When you hiccup, you can bless that too. I don't know if you have children, but I think that you should bless hiccups as well as burps and sneezes. Why not? It's a it's an intake of air. And and isn't that are we why would we bless the sneeze anyways? Do we honestly is it is still a hangover from our Catholic days where like your soul falls out through your nose? Fuck. Like what other cool ridiculous things do we believe? You guys all believe the T Rex had two legs. That's weird. It's a dragon. Uh no, I'll say it's true. Why so much dragon mythology with no dragons? Right? Like, why does every, why? There are the Chinese that get the dragons and the fucking St. George and the dragon. We got dragon, dragon, dragons. But we have no dragons. We have no, we have dinosaurs that fly, but they're not dragons. But the T-Rex, the T-Rex, the hubris of man to take the coolest, biggest dinosaur and make him walk on two legs. It makes no sense. He has an articulated spine from his head to his tail. And then we put a weird hip cap on him. When you could flip it over and make a breastbone, you take those two little faggy arms, you move them back, they've got legs. Now he's a dragon. Ah! Sir, it's really, just next time you see a T-Rex, just take that stupid little hip cap and flip it around us. I've deboned over a thousand birds in my time, and what I'm saying is every bird has a breastbone. And now they say, well, dinosaurs came from birds, except that T-Rex has no breastbone because he walks on two legs because of the hubris of man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying everything we know is wrong. Like, everything we think we know Totally false. They just made up the fucking, they're like, oh, this is 1908. We found some bones. Let's put them back together this way. <laughs> it's only 150 years ago. You still think we've been in space. No, we've been in space. We just haven't been to the moon. Just people. It's okay. No. They tried to send dogs, but then they just turn into kibbles and bits. They just fry up right there in that Van Allen belt. Ah, oh, physics. Ah! Steel beams, physics. 
I woke up, so this terrible thing happened on Monday morning. Jonathan wakes me up out of a stupor and he touches me lightly in a beautiful way and he says, Pam, 50 people and more are dead in Las Vegas. And the first thing I go is, CIA plot. <laughs> That's the first thing I think of in my waking up out of my CIA plot. And I was like, is he black? He's like, no, he's not. Thank God. I thought that I thought they were trying to start a race war. It would have been so perfect if he would have been black. It was the race war. Then they'd bring the militia in. I know it's not funny. It's just true. Oh, let's wage war on our own people. Oh, people are worth less than money. Yay. Sorry, I know it's not funny. It's so scary. The cognitive dissonance I'm dealing with right now is so hard that I have to eat so much pot food. It is almost like, oh, uh, it's an astronomical amount of marijuana that I have to consume so I don't think about what's happening right now. <laughs> See, that's why I can laugh about it because I'm super high. It's just too scary. Every You guys are all like living this reality right now. <laughs> There's more pot food here for you if you need to be okay with it. Sorry. I'll do jokes about abortion. Yay. I know it's like, it's like this is the thing. It's like, oh, you put your hand over here. Let's worry about this over here. And this is happening over here. Blah, 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 blah. There's just too many problems. We have to laugh about abortion. Uh, any, anybody, does anybody have children here? I know you have children. That's great. They're, you have just, you have, we have people with children. But they're old now and you've kept them alive for a while. So good on you. Uh, I, I, I don't want to have kids and they keep doing this thing I had a I'm have actually I got my period today and I was like oh it's so painful like ah it's so bloody I felt like I aborted the ghost of Scalia but nay nay the Supreme Court is still inside my uterus they're still like making decisions in there so painful why are they in there in the big voluminous robes large benches I'm like there's not enough space for your white male decisions inside my clandestine uterus really it's 43 now you care about what's happening in here like really cool I shouldn't have kids though they I don't want to have kids it's a terrible idea I can't even park a car I can't even parallel park I should not have children you know what I mean it's like but uh, I it's so I also I enjoy drinking I'm like oh do I want to do my abortion joke no this is knock knock Feminism. Feminism I can get my own fucking door. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. It's precept of feminism. Anyone? No. How many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Hold on. Let me knock my dick out of this feminist mouth and we'll ask her. (laughs) Right? It's It's a feminist joke. How does that work? The other one, I know when it offends women, I have an alternate one for it. How many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Cats! 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 So like when one punchline doesn't hit, I can always go to the other and then talk about how much I love my fucking cat. I know, that's really what... That's what's going to save everything is if we can all love our pussies a little bit more. It's going to be... I mean, in all sense, like, yes, I'm talking about my amazing gray boy at home. Oh, I'm pretending I'm holding him in my arms right now. I love you, Spike. Oh, But, like, also, just take care of the pussy, everybody. Just be nice to the pussy that you come in contact with. And if you want to catcall someone, don't necessarily do them. There's a very fine line between a catcall and a compliment. A nice gentleman saw me on the street, and he said, Girl... You've been living a long time to look 22. And I was like, no, that's a compliment. That's not a cat call. Right? Um, but I, I, 
I walked down the street another time and nice gentleman said, girl, you got a nice fit on. And I was like, that's nice because I have an outfit and I'm fit. And he said, oh, that's a great skirt. Can I get under and get a sniff? And I'm like, ah! We just crossed the line between compliment and catcalling. I don't know why you want to sniff my boyfriend's cum anyway. That's kind of gay. Like, why do you want to smell that, you weirdo? Like, you want to smell? I know you like the smell of a freshly plowed field, and I'm definitely that. Uh, Sorry, that was a really racist joke. It's very thinly disguised, very. Uh, Thank you guys so much for being here at Pemdez's Comedy Clubhouse. Yay! Yay for all of you. Yay for Johan Miranda. Yay for Amy Bebo. Claim Newman had another show. Yay for people and stuff. I mean, we've got, if anyone else wants to do jokes, the other two comedians who are here, we're fine, unless everybody's done. I mean, it's earlier than the time that it was committed, so I don't know how people feel. It's all on you guys. Who is, does anyone want any more pop food? We have so much pop food. Everyone eat pop food? Yeah, good. We're going to eat the pot food. We're going to eat it inside. All right, well, let's go all party. Yay! Happy birthday to me. I'm going to open my presents. Thank you guys so much for being here.
coalition of art and cultural venues dedicated to increasing popular awareness of and participation in the arts in Oakland, with an emphasis on visual art. They promote visual art in Oakland through collective marketing and outreach efforts and our monthly First Friday events, which are open to the public and attended by hundreds of local and visiting art enthusiasts. The First Friday Art Walk has grown to include street performances, one-night-only art installations, activists raising money and awareness for local social service organizations, and political initiatives. For more information about the Oakland Art Murmur, go online at www.oaklandartmurmur.com. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. is made possible by grants from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and the National Endowment for the Arts. A series of contemporary plays for radio. Earplay. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Looking for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First, he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorney.com fjs.com again the law office of francis j shaheda in san francisco 
awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. October 6th, come join us at Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse for Johan Miranda. Headlining... 50 minutes. Opening sets by Amy Bebo, Clay Newman, and Pam Benjamin. Don't miss this incredible headliner for only $10. Friday, October 6th at 8 p.m. Buy your tickets now on Eventbrite. Check us out on Facebook. Like all those comics, and please come support Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday at 8 o'clock. My friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Are you a stand-up comedian? Do you want to be in 25 shows in five days at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco? Well, now's your opportunity. Apply now. 
for the Spark Presents third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, March 1st through 5th. That's 25 shows in five days featuring 40 comics from out of town, and one of those comedians could be you. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, and click on the submission form. Apply for the Spark Presents third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's only $10, and you can apply right now through November 30th for 25 shows during five days, all streaming live, all podcast posts, all Mutiny Radio, all the time. The third annual Spark Presents Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Apply now. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter-offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! The Bike Kitchen is a cooperative, do-it-yourself bike repair shop. They provide all tools and parts you need to fix or build a bicycle. A staff of volunteer mechanics 
is available to give advice and answer questions. Instead of charging fees, the Bike Kitchen charges membership dues that are $5 a day or $40 a year. If you're short on cash, you can earn a membership or parts by volunteering in the shop for a certain amount of hours. For more information, please go to bikekitchen.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by Mutiny Radio. We're Alive, a story of survival. Chapter 12, The War, Part 1 of 4. Everyone was upstairs panicking in total darkness. I ran to the window and spotted the small ring of lights that surrounded our tower. I heard the terrified breaths of the rest of the people in the room. Normally, I think I'd be right there with them, holding my breath to see what happens next, watching our guardians defend us. But that night was different for me. Maybe it was the alcohol, maybe it was the emotional roller coaster Michael just gave me or something else indescribable going on in me. But I felt different. I couldn't stand back and do nothing. Not this time. I had to help. Move! Just because the lights are out doesn't mean the party has to stop. <laughs> Move it! You! Out of my way! Oh, sorry. I couldn't see you. Look, I'm telling you, I had the channel set at 20-something when I talked to Saul, and again when I radioed back for y'all to come and get me at the waterworks. So I'm damn sure we didn't change it. Look, calm down, okay? We don't know that for sure. Wait, what channel? What's going on? Hold on, Pegs. Tommy, did you fiddle with the knobs? Know anybody who did? No, I didn't. And nobody I saw. Well, somebody sure the hell did. Oh, God. All this shouting? Bert, what are the chances out of all the channels we're on the exact one they are on now? Mm, one in 40, in fact. Someone here sold us out, I know it. This is live, down there right now. I can barely make out the figures. Yeah, here, let me make it brighter. Switch to another camera. How many we got? There's six, so we can see all the way around the building. Wait, you can see them? You can make out how many there are? Um, maybe about 40, maybe more. Oh, God. Well, we'll keep watching it, okay? See if you can see how many there are and get a good count. Oh, they still all look blurry to me. You better start focusing and sobering up real quick there, Junior. If Michael's right, God, I hope you're not. This could get ugly in a hurry. Is that the people you told us about? The Maulers? Yeah, see them. There's Scarface and her brother's there. The rest of these others, they don't look familiar. Hey! Why don't you all come on up? Join the party! 
Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Angel, get him out of the window. Got it. Tommy, they move it all? No, still the same, but the scarred lady is getting pretty mad. She keeps waving her handset around and pointing at the number 18 again. Well, are you gonna call them or what? Yeah. I'm considering the what right now, thank you. No response, maybe the best response. Or you might just piss them off further. Seems like they came here to talk. They set off the tripwire, so maybe they didn't. They turned their lights after the alarm went off. Right, and they're circling us, so we have no idea of their intentions. Your call? I mean, I'm kind of a loss on this one, Chief. I mean, you were just about to answer them a minute ago. Well, that was before I knew someone from our tower had talked to them. Okay, so Bill's under control upstairs. Where are we at down here? Michael, you should respond to them. What? You sure? Why? What else are you going to do? You'll just wait around here another five minutes before you just decide you have no other option. Ouch. She's right. It's either talk or their next step is going to be the front door. Oh, so now you're on her side. Hmm. Well, what'll it be? All of a sudden, she knows everything. What was that? Oh, here goes. Can't you see the sign? Perhaps they can't read. We see it. Well, it's about damn time. I've been hollering for a while. What's your problem? Can't you pick up the phone? How do you know our radio wasn't broke? Who am I speaking with? Sergeant Cross, who the hell is this? Well, now, Sergeant, do you have a first name you go by? Yeah, Sergeant. Oh, come now. You're not very trusting, Michael, now are you? Before you ask how I know, Scratch recognized your voice. So then, if you knew, why did you ask? I'm just trying to be polite. Polite, my ass. Don't trust him, Michael. Oh, really? Bert, sit. Okay. Wait. Come on. You never said your name when she was here last time. Angel, yes, but not you. She couldn't have told him who you were. Michael? Well, that's comforting. How do they... Traitor confirmed I was right. So wish I wasn't. Are you there? Did I lose you? Uh, what is it you want? Right to the point. Coincidentally. I was hoping to take you up on the invitation of your friend shouting out the window. We just want to come in and join the party, so to speak. It looks like you're having such a good time in there. Look, I already had this conversation with your scarred friend there. It ain't gonna happen. I received your message, but I was also told that you would think about it. Have you? Yes, we have. The answer is no. Come now. Perhaps you should reconsider. You have your own place. Let us have ours. Yes, we do. But it's flawed in so many ways. I don't want to get into the details now. But I must commend you on your home. It's so much better. Yeah, because we made it that way. I really think you should reconsider. We have a lot we can offer you. Supply, support, think about it. Okay. Done. Still done. Now why not? How can I sweep the deal anymore? 
What? Are you serious? Always. How the hell did I respond to this? Don't look at me. Trust me, I wasn't. Pegs, you? I don't trust them, Michael. They're saying these things, but it's just because they want in. Or maybe they just want to be safe. We do have a common threat. The enemy of my enemy is... Yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. What's your name? It's Durai. That's the guy they were talking about when they came knocking. Remember? Where are you from, Durai? Eastern Bay. Before that? I don't see that as relevant. I do. Well, I don't. You know what we bring to the table? These are the only things that need to be discussed right now. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess you're the one making the rules now. That's right, I am. The hell you are! Michael, calm down. That won't help. I don't appreciate the tone you're using with me, Sergeant Michael Cross. What a condescending prick. Don't piss him off, Michael. You just need a little finesse. Fuck it, you deal with him. Hey there, uh, uh, Dry, right? Which one is this one now? Bert. Oh, thank you, dear. Bert. Nice to meet you, finally. I've heard so much about you. Now, there's a lot to know about me. I'm sure you don't know it all. Only a few things, but some of the more important ones. I heard you're quite a shot. You heard right. Well, I wouldn't brag, but I myself am quite a qualified marksman. You don't say. You don't believe me? No, no, I do. Come on, I thought at least we, you and I, could have some mutual respect for one another. Yeah, well, that ain't happening. Perhaps you doubt my skill. Allow me to demonstrate. We lost camera one, two, three. Damn it. They're shooting? What about the sounds attracting, you know, them? Look at these three cameras. They're prepared for that. They have guys watching the rear as well. Why? So they prepared to make some noise. Well, they can't shoot around the building. We still have the other... Four, five, six. The other cameras are gone. Now that's not possible. Those are on the other side. <laughs> I assure you those last three were not me. But I will take credit for personally training many of my soldiers. Soldiers, don't insult us. You're a bunch of shit for brains on a jailbreak, wielding a bunch of stolen guns. It would be wise not to insult me. So you can hit a couple of targets. Big frickin' deal. Oh, just keep digging, why don't you? What? You just can't let these guys push us around. I think you should apologize. We can't fight them right now. How about we just stall, buy us some time, when we can fight? I'm game. Should I? Answer me. Look, that was good shots there. N nice shooting. Way to break our stuff. Really appreciate it. Bert! I'm, I'm trying. I didn't mean it to come out that way. Oh, give me that. Move! Pegs, you? Seriously? This is no time to mess around. Uh, uh, hey, give her a shot. Hello? Hey, it worked. They're speechless. I'm sorry, miss. But I don't know who you are. Huh. Keep going, girl. 
This say something else. I'm Pegs. You didn't have to give them your real name if they don't already know it. Does that really matter anymore? Really? Well, Pegs. I'm afraid it's too late. We've made up our mind. Please. We just need some more time to think about this. Can we have, like, a week or something? You're trying to be reasonable, are you? Well, now, darling, perhaps we could arrange or negotiate something. I, after all, am a reasonable man. Now, there's always some... Shot fire! Where did those come from? Are they shooting at us? Wait! Stop shooting! We can work this out! You're shooting at us! Third floor! Second window on the left! Lee Harvey! Up there! Bert, find out who took those shots. Got it. Michael, what do I say? Quick, give me that. Hey, that was a mistake. Someone else took the shot. That was not us. Did you hear me? I said that wasn't us. That was a big mistake, Michael. Look. This is a misunderstanding. Someone acted on their own. See you real soon. You step one foot in this building and I swear you will never leave it alive. <laughs> you really think you'd be able to hold your rifle steady right now? Even if you did, we know you'd be firing blanks, since that seems to be all that you have left. Damn it. Tommy, go upstairs. Tell everyone to... Well, tell them what's coming. Okay. Angel, take this key. Distribute what ammo and guns are left in the armory. Okay. What can I... Eggs. They know. They know everything. Who would do this to us? I mean, I, I, I knew some people were unhappy, but for someone to do this... Michael, I don't... Get away from the window! We'll find who did this, Michael. But we can't focus on them right now. You never cease to amaze me. Just shut up and tell me what to do. Okay, well, uh, come on. Uh, okay, I need you to take everyone who can't fight or shoot up to the sixth floor or higher. If anyone's going to try and get in here, it'll be the third floor or below. Hold on. I'm fighting with you, Michael. Uh, Pegs, look, I appreciate your new confidence, but... I'll tell everyone else to go, but I'm with you. Really? Yes! I'm going to either fight you or the Maulers. Now go. Moving around the tower, testing where they can get through. All right, everyone, listen up. They know we're under a few drinks and short on rounds. They'll take some risk getting close, just not right away. Save your ammo as long as you can. The best thing to do is to not panic and to communicate with each other. Michael, I'm out of arrows, and we don't have enough ammo for all the guns. Those of you who can't fight or don't have a gun, head upstairs. I know many of you want to help, but without any weapons, you'll just end up getting in the way. Come on. All right. Saul's waking downstairs. Lizzie's helping him. Looks like it's just you, me, Bert, and Pegs uh, down here for now. Oh, it's better than putting only one or two rounds in a gun. I'd rather the shots be taken by the better marksman. Uh, sir, you feeling all right? You able to do this? Better than most. Bert, 
A little wobbly, but all this adrenaline sobered me up pretty fast. You feel it? Yeah, a little, I guess. But not as much as you. Did you hear that? Southside! They got ropes! Bert, shoot one. Slow him down a bit. On it! Surely, hold it steady. Damn it! You missed. I thought you were sobering up. I am, mostly. Bert, move your bed. What the? Holy hell! What the hell is that sound? <laughs> nice one. Never like that couch. Killing all of them. They're they're throwing stuff down. TV. Sofa, you name it. <laughs> At a girl? No. Get back inside! Hurry! Move! Bert, move! Damn it! <laughs> Bert. I'm good. Oh, that was a good idea while it lasted. Bert, what's going on down there? They're switching sides. It's coming from the east. What's on that side? Parking garage. Join us again Monday for the next episode of We're Alive. Be sure to join the Facebook group for updates and information on the podcast. To find out more or become a sponsor, visit www.thezombiepodcast.com or free on the iTunes store, keyword, We're Alive. Starring Jim Gleason, Nate Gies, Shane Salk, Claire Doden, Elisa Elliott, Jay Oligario, Manly Woods, Blair Byhauer, Nico Marvin, Tammy Klein, and Scott Marvin. I'm Michael Swan. Edited by Rosemary Marez and Casey Whalen. This chapter was written by Casey Whalen. Associate producer Jason Scott. Composers Katie Whalen and Ron Gallagher. Produced by Shane Salk and Casey Whalen. Zombie intern Grayson Stone. This has been a Whalen production. We're Alive, a story of survival. Chapter 12, The War, Part 2 of 4. on that side. Parking garage. Bert, can they get through? It's sealed off pretty good. The gate's pretty strong. But you never know with this group. What are we gonna do? I'll go check. All right, Bert, ammo check. 
What do we have exactly? All I can use is pistol rounds. This is my whole box here. It's about 15 rounds of M16. I got a clip full of Shirley's rounds, but I'm gonna save those. And those are worthless. We don't have anything to fit those. Uh, this is everything. Man, I wish we didn't have a party tonight so I could get some more. Okay, wh what else do we have besides bullets? What can we use? Well, we got gravity. I say we keep hitting them with what we got upstairs. That's a lot of balconies to watch. As long as they're sporadic, they won't be able to target them. Just drop something and go. I'll go tell him. Where's Tommy? Well, he went to fix the cameras or put up a few new ones with a couple of spares. Well, at least we'll be able to see what's going on out there. Ah, they're ramming the parking gate. Come on! Wait for me! <laughs> 